everyone. Welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And today we are joined by... Uh, an old high school friend of mine. Uh, Which you will never believe is actually a guy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a lot of those. Uh, his name is Common. Hello. Greetings. Salutations. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, it was definitely high school, right? Uh, high school. You did yeah. not know me in middle school. I did not. And we've, uh, <laughs> we've recently reconnected. And I resent you calling me old. Oh, we're starting off on wow. a good foot. That's what you were raising your eyebrow at. Welcome um, to the Microbrew <laughs> Review, <laughs> episode 51, um, where we watch Ian dig himself out of a hole. Ready and go. No, uh, thank you for getting through episode 50. Jason said that it was the longest outro ever. It was 10 minutes of thank yous. It was like an acceptance speech or something. Somebody should have cued the music and right? us off. <laughs> um, but... Even though we are, you know, over the hill now, we are going to come out of the gate very strong because we've got some killer beer today. Yes, we do. Common, uh, why don't you tell us a story about this first one? I'll, I'll open it and pass it around before okay. it gets too chilled. Well, this is a beer um, nicknamed Westy. It's considered one of the best beers in the world, apparently. It's a Belgian beer that is a Belgian triple. Nice. You've already got my attention. Now... Uh, to pronounce the, the name, is it West Vlaterin? Uh, I believe so, but yeah. not speaking any Dutch myself. So this is a Trappist beer that some monks out in Belgium um, brew, but do not sell outside of Belgium. This is the first time it's been offered outside of Belgium. Oh, so you didn't travel to go get it? I did not travel to go get it. This was not we one of those lucky. smuggled in the luggage kind of beers. It was a very fortunate Fortunate for us, unfortunate for them. Yes, correct. So the story is that these guys needed a new roof in their abbey. And to raise the funds, they did a release of this beer to the United States. A one-day-only sale. Oh, my gosh. And this was last winter, I believe. Sold it by the six-pack, right? By the six-pack, limit one per person. Not Just cheap, either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they needed a new roof. <laughs> no, definitely not cheap. So how I, I got a hold of this beer... Uh, a friend of mine lives in Belgium. He studies in Leuven, which coincidentally is where Stella Artois is brewed. Oh, nice. And I was up really early, couldn't sleep, and I saw a Facebook message from him that is uh, telling me about this release. You know, posted New York Times article that they're doing a release. It's like, oh, well, I was planning on going across state lines to purchase beer for cheaper rates than we have here. <laughs> <laughs> we never do that. Was, and by the time I got out there, it was one o'clock in the afternoon. I was like, I figured by this point, there's such a hype about this beer. It's probably going to be all gone, but I need beer anyway. I get there with my roommate and they still have maybe 12 of these left after people have been waiting in line all night. I get one and... On the, on the way out of, but I get one as I walk in. We do the rest of our shopping for another half an hour. On the way out, there's people scrambling in the parking lot telling me, do they still have the Westie? Do they still have the Westie? I said, um, no, I think they just ran. I was like, oh, I came here from Cherry Hill. I came here from Maryland. The Cherry Hill didn't have it, but I made a wrong turn on the way here. And <laughs> guys were offering me, like, I'll give you a hundred bucks for it. Like, no, you know, like I just, just want to try it. I'm sorry, man. It's like, 
So you didn't buy a six pack, you just bought the one bottle? I bought a six pack. Oh, okay. It was he only saved me a bottle. Very oh, kindly. Wow. It was sold only by the six pack. It came with two glasses and like the six pack was in the shape of their abbeys. Oh my gosh, that's kind yeah, of awesome. It was nice packaging. Yeah. You know. It was pretty cool. <clears throat> I guess monks aren't doing it on the cheap, you know? They mm -mm. get behind what they're doing. So that's that's the story of how I got this beer. I tried some with a friend and I thought it was delicious. And I'm gonna try it again. Is now it even on Beer time. Advocate, or is it too rare for that? Uh, I'm sure it is. It is. Okay. It is on there. I think. So for all of the label art enthusiasts in the world, <laughs> um, there isn't any. It's it's sort of like our homebrew friends got. I don't. It looks like a spray spray paint and. Yeah. A and little, mold uh, or what is it called? It almost like looks a, like the uh, Orville bottle. It's got that raised neck a little bit. It just says Trappist on it. Uh, and then it's just got like a logo that just has their name and XII uh, in Roman numerals there. So. And I don't get to sing anyone Wheels on a Big Rig anymore because I've already done that. And uh, this, this little bad boy comes in at 10.2%, which uh, you guys will know we're always a fan of. Uh, Sunday morning drinking at its finest. <laughs> so we like that. It's 11.2 uh, ounces and 10.2%. I love the smell. Yeah, I it smells very nice. I was a little nervous when you poured it that it was going to be, it looks more like a quad than a triple. It's a little dark. And I, you know, raisiny worries me, but uh, it smells great. So I was very excited by that. Uh, and I have not quite as good of a story, but my mother actually, uh, she was listening to NPR, I think, and they mentioned this about this, this upcoming beer that was coming out. And I really, and, and she was like, oh, you should, you should get that. And I was like, oh yeah. And I kind of forgot about it. Um, and then by the time it came out, like I was a day late and I called around to a couple places and they're like, no, <laughs> but, uh, that was me when I asked for double Citra, right? They just laughed they just in my laughed face. <laughs> uh, and then I had actually, gone over to commons and we were uh had a little group evening and he mentioned that he had some and he was kind enough to say he would save me a bottle so i figured if i was going to have a bottle i might as well a share it with the person that was giving it to me since it was so rare and his last opportunity to have it for the foreseeable future and uh it would be a great addition to our podcast so well thank you dear common nice to meet you and <laughs> wow that's that's awesome this is the best i Thanks can do for uh you know, this is a host gift to a whole new level. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is pretty fantastic. He brought cheese, too. Yeah, right? <laughs> and I have to say, it's it's really good beer. It is really good. It's masterfully crafted. I taste some banana in there, which I like. I taste banana. Yes. I often get bananas out of like triples. Mm -hmm. um, the Merry Monks from Weyerbacher. Uh, the first time I had it, I was like, this tastes like banana bread. And I actually met the... Uh, the brewer at a beer event that I'd gone to and I noticed that the one I had that evening didn't really have that same banana bread flavor and I was like well this is kind of it's like you know something I've noticed before and, and he's like oh I actually kind of hate that banana bread flavor and he's like the difference is uh, when it comes from when it's on tap you'll get more of the banana bread and he's like if you pour it from the bottle it kind of goes away okay <clears throat> but then he also told me if you take a straw and you stir it up it'll release a lot of that banana bread flavor so so now when you drink your Weyerbacher, you have give a straw in hand? Give it a little swirl. <laughs> nice. It is. Um, actually, I have another story when you said it's rare and you were a day late. A former roommate and a good friend of mine 
I told him the next day that I'd gotten this. Hey, Eric, guess what I got? Like next time you come around, he moved out to uh, to Colorado, bought a house there, and he was scheduled to come back for a National Guard meeting somewhere back in the next few weeks. Like I, I'll save you one. Like we'll have have a couple when you get back. He's like, oh, super excited. Too bad I missed it. So he goes to his local beer shop in Colorado Springs, and they said, actually, you're in luck. Um, it was supposed to come out yesterday. Our shipment got delayed, so we'll have it tomorrow. He dropped what he was doing, got in line, and ended up waiting about 10 hours in line with a bunch of other people. Wow. And they only had 30 six-packs there. Out in Delaware, they had 100, 200, something like that. Wow. So he was number 16 in line, and they just made a party of it out there. They ordered pizza. They had people go in the beer store buy six pack and bring them out had a 10 hour <laughs> drunk fest outside and the first 30 people got a six pack of this that sounds great that is awesome i imagine most of it probably all got shipped to the west coast and trickled out or east coast and trickled out west um right because shipping from belgium. from belgium yeah so that's probably how it got delayed and probably why there were fewer out there too could be yeah but he was i was gonna ask i was gonna make you actually pinpoint, pinpoint on a map where state, you bought uh, it <laughs> Well, that is the closest for us. Yes. Well, Jersey's not bad right over the bridge. Am I implicating myself in a crime here? No. no. Okay. Um, so there's a I place... I mean, technically, yes. Well, Jason and I used to... It used to be a Friday night outing. I'd open the fridge and be like, there is not nearly enough beer. Can we run to Delaware? And <laughs> we would go fill the trunk. Total wine and more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the place. It's pretty great. It's fantastic. But now I live in Virginia, and I have three of those within 15 minutes of me. So... So now I make her fill the trunk and bring it up. <laughs> well, you know, we live in Pennsylvania, so we're a couple centuries behind on that. I miss a lot about Pennsylvania. But we were just talking about the positive BYO yes. that comes out of it. And I think, and we are one of the best beer cities in America is Philadelphia. Yes. So there's got to be something to it somewhere along the way. Right. That I did not realize, and depending on where our listeners are from, which we were just talking about, is sometimes all over the world. They might not know what a BYO is. True. But in Philadelphia, it's part of the culture. I mean, it's just there's whole websites that just manage your BYO reservations and can tell you the best places to get a deal. BYO is bring your own bottle. So they do not have a liquor license, but they are able to, you are able to drink there if you bring your own. Uh, and normally it's people bring wine. But uh, there's some BYOT places where you bring your own tequila, and they have all the mixers for margaritas. There's two or three of those in the city that I know of. Uh, I think one's called Tequila, another's called Lolita. Um, and more and more often, I like to bring beer to dinner. We've mentioned it on uh, some of the past podcasts. So. Well, and it saves you so much money because... You know what that bottle of wine or beer costs if it's one of your favorites. I hate going to a restaurant and seeing a $12 bottle of wine that I like to buy and they're selling it for 45 And I'm like, ah, I know it's good. I'm not going to spend $45 on a bottle that I know I could spend 12 on at home. I work in, I've worked in both a BYOB and I currently work in a place with a liquor license. I had a customer last week just completely kill us on our wine list like, you guys are selling $14 bottles of wine for $80 that's ridiculous I'm not gonna buy it you know? yeah I'd rather give you the money as my server than pay your owner who I know for that $60 upcharge <laughs> which now, I mean your liquor license is expensive I get that for sure exactly that's why BYBs are so popular in 
in Pennsylvania. Because you can bring an $80 bottle of wine that's worth $80 to a place where you can enjoy that and not spend $300 on it. So for a small little restaurant, to, it's not really feasible to pay $200,000 to get to a get liquor, a liquor license. license. Sure. Yeah. So they, you know, the food cost, they, they charge a little bit more for the food in a BYU, be typically. But they also tend to be better quality food too. I agree. I think. Yeah. So when I worked at the Thai BYOB, obviously a lot of wine, but we had customers coming in with, you know, Belgian beers like Parat and Dubel and something and like gets different. Well, we always say there's a lot of really good beers that go real nice with uh, spicy foods. Yeah. So if you have, you know, a spicy pad thai or something like that, it's great to wash it down with like a Dunkelweizen or... That's my Aventinus. That's yeah, when I pull that Aventinus out. Aventinus is yep. great for that. Uh, or like a brown ale something. I bet I, the Saison DuPont, I bet, would also mm-hmm. be pretty pretty nice with that. I That's what I go for with the creamy cheeses. So if we're having like a salad or a, uh, an appetizer that has a strong cheese, Saison is always my first go-to because I think that it's just so earthy together. Yeah, and it's it's light enough that it's not overwhelming for the salad, you know, for a salad course. It's but it's great. unfiltered, which really helps compete flavor-wise, yeah. so... So what do you taste other than just the bananas? I think I'm getting some figs, dried figs. A little dark fruit in there, yeah. Um, not. I was surprised when you poured it a lot ahead. I know I got the bottom of the bottle, but it really, it faded quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's carbonated, but it's not like a punch you in the face kind of. No, it's very mild carbonation. Brightness, yeah. What I get is the balance of it. I mean, it's, it's obviously 10% beer, but it's going down... Yeah, it doesn't drink like a 10%. Pretty, you don't really get that. Pretty easy. Like, See, I oh, think there's really... an alcoholy to it, but not in an abrasive way. More like in a mature way, if that makes any like sense. A, like a port. Yes. Yes, a lot like that. It, it, this, to me, would be a great... And I know we started with it so that our palates are fresh. We did just have the cheese, so it's not like morning mouth or whatever. <laughs> um, but I do almost see it being a great either first course with your cheese or like last course with dessert kind right, of like end, end of the, the night and very winding down and either course could be cheese really yeah you could do the dessert cheese course with this Actually, very nicely when i went to buy some cheese um i was looking for fresh figs because last time i went to trader joe's they had fresh figs from california it's like it's gonna go really well i went in there they were all out yeah because everyone else had that idea too. I got apricots and well, I don't think everyone else is <laughs> drinking the Westie Westie on a Sunday, <laughs> hanging out this Sunday morning. I agree. I think it, it went. It's gonna go really well with the cheese or the figs. I'm, I'm starting to worry. Actually, I'm not sure why it took me 51 episodes to put this together, but between all of the talk about Sunday school and now that we admit how often we record podcasts bright and early on a Sunday morning, I'm a little worried my mother's gonna call someone about saving my soul, like. Wow. I'm pretty sure our soul is being saved right now. <laughs> By the monks. Cheers yeah, to from that. Belgium. Yeah, we're praying. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we should check up on them. Make sure their roof is good. I want to I find true. out about that. That's a good follow-up thing. I want to see how much money they raised. And, you know, it'd be a shame for, if it was for a company to go out of business because they couldn't have a roof anymore or something. True. You know, someone who's been around since, I don't know, 1500, probably earlier than that. But so if- even in Belgium, when they release this beer, it's... You have to get on this waiting list. There's like some special number that you dial, and they call you back if they want to. <laughs> and like, oh my god! Within certain hours, it's just totally up to them who gets what, how much, and how much they produce. But they're serious about it, and oh yeah, they do a great job. I I like that kind of even more because it's a great story. It's also 
there's a couple places in Philadelphia. Federal Donuts apparently makes like the best fried chicken in the city. And they make the same number every day. Like 40 chickens. Yeah. I read an article about it recently. Once they're sold out, they're sold out. And they won't make any more. They'll keep making donuts all day. But like we make this many fried chickens. And there's a Metropolitan Bakery makes this many loaves of a special kind of bread. And when they're sold out, they're sold out. Great business model. And everyone's like. I agree. And everyone wants it. They're like, I'll take 100 of your loaves. They're like, we'll give you 10. Yeah. And they're like, okay. But you'll tell all your friends about it and build up the hype. Yeah. Yeah. here we are. And talking, it is really good, about. you know, really good bread. It's really good fried chicken, apparently. I haven't had it yet, but wouldn't mind it. Um, are you listening? <laughs> send us a chicken. <laughs> we'll find the right beer to go with it. <laughs> You're laughing right now. <laughs> um, what I like about it, and I think this is going to be true of all three of the beers, we, we decided to go... Belgian. Solid Belgian today. Two of my favorites, and then one of my new favorites. What do we have? Uh, next up, I think we're going to do La Chouf uh, from Brassier da Chouf in Belgium as well. Uh, they are renowned for, they have a little character. It's a little gnome. They had the Travelocity gnome before he was the Travelocity yeah. gnome. And they do all different sorts of um, styles of beer. This is their basic, it's a Belgian gold. Uh, but then they also do like the mixchouf, and they have their little gnome wearing like a tartan and a plaid cap. I did a review once on their Christmas shoof, and he's sitting there, you know, yeah, wearing like his a little, little Christmas hat. Santa elf yep. thing. Um, they also did a great collaboration beer with Omegang, which was called Nomagang. And I, like. I didn't even know it was a collaboration beer per se, but I saw this beer on the menu and it said Nomagang and I was like oh is that a collaboration between La Chouf and Omagang <laughs> and the waitress just looked at me and she's like huh and I'm like never mind and then she comes back like 10 minutes later and she's like yes <laughs> I was like oh good that's awesome because well, I really like both of those breweries and what I feel thought it was a clever name <laughs> is great about today is we are kind of going back to our roots this is all good beer but it's not outrageous fringe beer you know it's not infused with something that's going to make you go huh it's not ridiculous bottle art that's going to distract you from what you're drinking it's just solid beer from the place that really you know perfected it belgium and germany in a lot of ways they yeah. they both left their mark on everything that america brewing is now um, and uh we're going to finish up with the delirium tremens which has always been a longtime favorite of mine Mostly because it's the first beer that uh, I remember somebody being like, oh, that's really high ABV. And I was like, oh, cool. Of course that that stuck with you. (laughs) I was like, you know, 20, 21 at the time. And I was just really interested. And I thought, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm going to have one of those. And they're like, careful now. And I look at it now and I will say that it is only (laughs) 8.5%. So it is definitely a higher ABV beer, but we can see how far we've come in even six or seven years now as far as what we consider to be a high ABV beer and what is... I mean, it's still high, but when we're consistently drinking 9s, 11s, stuff like that, to see an 8.5 is like not surprising. And the bottle is so darn cool. It's a beautiful bottle. I love... uh, They paint it to make it look like... Uh, like a, painting. a clay jar almost. Yeah. Um, and their label is beautiful. They're the original pink elephant that you hallucinate when you're drunk, basically. And uh, if we've seen... Um, Dumbo? Dumbo, yes, thank you. I was like, the elephant Disney movie. <laughs> uh, 
Bambi. The I just I just thought of Margate, around. New Jersey, and Lucy the pink elephant. Yeah. Uh, and Barney from The Simpsons, I think, often sees a pink elephant come into the room. I could be wrong on that. I don't watch The Simpsons, never have watched The Simpsons. I'm the wrong audience for that question. Oh, you're missing out. I don't, I don't know. It's Maybe. okay. <laughs> but back to what you were saying about going back to basics. Um, there's, I feel like there's just so many, you know, beer is so big right now. And they're just a lot of stuff coming out that's pretty much half-baked. So a good friend of mine and my neighbor who actually uh, I got to share this with, this Westie with, his wife bought him a birthday present that was like a, a mail-order thing. That's like a $400 premium gift. You get um, two six-packs every couple weeks. It's supposed to be his premium beer. It's like a beer of the month club kind something, of? Something, exactly, something like that. Like Legal in be, Pennsylvania? Apparently so. <laughs> so everything that he's tried, he said, this this stuff has been terrible. He's, these like no-name breweries that have these cool bottles and a fancy label, but there's no there, no there you know. Right. Just and I and I tried some of them. It just one of them tastes like a Coors Light with you know just some spice sprinkled on top. <laughs> but going wonder... back to basics, like this stuff, or just got a nice Pilsner. Pilsner Arkell's been making that beer for. Hundreds of beers, right. but every time I have it, I'm like, this is a darn it's good a beer. damn fine Pilsner. I can say that. Yes, yes you can. <laughs> yes, you can. I, I don't like Pilsner, but I agree if you're going to. But they make Pilsner very well. Yes. And that, that's what was really good about my trip to Ontario is, wow, it, in some ways, there's not a lot of great craft beer there, but it's also a place where they value their Pilsner. So, you know, around here, everybody makes their IPA. In Ontario, everybody makes their Pilsner. So I got to try like 14 different breweries, Pilsners. It was very easy to find quickly who could make it and who couldn't, you know. Two things. One, you should tell your friend's wife about us and we will host an awesome Beer pairing Birthday party dinner, yes. for him, full of beer and food. And it's it's not watery beer. Yeah, let me tell be you, great beer. They are big beer fans, and I will. And uh, two, uh, just about Canada last night, we had a, a beer dinner last night, and the hit beer of the evening was La Fin du Monde from Unibrew. Mm. Everybody there was like, "That was amazing. That was a great beer." And it was the first beer we served them. Nine percent, you know, just one kinda, of my favorites. Yeah, great, really solid beer. And what we didn't know is that the wife of the birthday boy was Canadian. I knew that. Oh, did you? Yes. Oh, you held out on me. I didn't think it was super important, I guess. Well, they loved the fact that when I introduced the beer and said it's Canadian, they all cheered. (laughs) (laughs) It's, you know what, that's a great beer, and it's easy to find, and a bottle is nine bucks for the bomber style, you know, just... Just really good. Yep. I love that beer. I've got two in my fridge right now. And I nice. think it's 94 on Beer Advocate. Yeah, it's up there. And that's, even be a little bit higher. It's that's one of six. the things that I really like about it is for the... I think it's on my top 10 list for value. Thanks this for one buck. has not been released yet, guys. So don't go looking for it for at least another couple of days. But yeah, I have a top 10 bang for your buck uh, on the Beer Mistress site. Because that's one thing that's important for me is... Just because, you know, we know a lot of actors. We know a lot of people who are sort of scraping together. Doing you don't have to drink things. Coors Light to drink beer. You can drink, you know, something else and 
maybe it's twice as expensive, but it's three times the ABV and, you know, four or five times the flavor. Yes. So, so what are a couple on that top 10 list? You don't have to give us all because I want to go and check you them out You want to go check them yes. out too? Um, I do. Adrian Brower, I like a lot. That one's definitely on there because, again, for a bomber is about 850. It's got a really nice, strong, dark gold ale. It's just, it stands up to any meat you're going to throw at it. It's really nice. Um, Or you can get, you know, a four pack for the same 850 and then, you know, share it with friends or take it to a barbecue. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of what some of my other. Widmer, oh, uh, Vine Stefaner's on there. Ooh, because, I mean, a case is $35. That's such a solid half of ice. It's so solid. Half it of is ice, yeah. the oldest brewery in the world. <clears throat> Clearly, they're doing something right. They, yes. They're still around. Everything's brewed with the uh, German Purity uh, Law Act, whatever. Do you and, guys like the Francis Connor for value? Fans? I do like the beer. Um, I haven't had one in a while, so I can't speak yeah, to the I was value. Gonna say, so much. I think it's not. An expensive beer? It's like 30-some a case. Okay. Not That's bad a, at all. I, I sort of have it in a... My Virginia brain is at a per bottle for the most part now. Okay. Um, the difference is that every time we throw a barbecue, we get a case of the Von Stefaner, which is why I know what a case of that costs. Um, I'm better... I'm probably better with the expensive beers, but yeah. I, I think Von Stefaner is pretty worthwhile. I probably the, like it better than Von Stefaner to be perfectly honest we should uh we should price the difference before i go and publish in case it's, if it's only two or three bucks it could be really worth that extra little bit of money and they just look beautiful in that big tall glass with like that orange oh. glow coming off of it and it's just really good looking beer with that big fat head on top it's delicious that's what i was drinking in england when i wasn't having cider nice. because i wasn't really having bitters <laughs> it's not really ever been a fulfilling thing for me but uh, yeah, if I see the glass, uh, I know the I can order nice it. nice bitters beer, but not too many. <laughs> right. Well, I guess part of it is now that my American palate is what it is, what we call a bitter and what they call a bitter isn't necessarily along the same lines. Sure. So I'm expecting something hoppier than it is. So what style is this Schuf, since you gave us, other than uh, the... This is just their basic uh, La Schuf, which I believe is their original. It's just a Belgian gold ale. Uh, it does have a little spice thrown in, so it's not really saison but it kind of could bridge the gap between... Uh, a triple and a saison? Yeah. That's what I'm tasting. I think it's nice. That's tasty. 8% ABV, going down a little bit. Now, tell me this. You said that... Love it on tap. When... You've seen it on... I've never seen it on tap. When you and I first met, we bonded over triples. Yes. Mary Monks was one of them. Um, you've said lately you've started to sort of shy away from triples and go more dark. But dark obviously and hoppy. today Not at the same time, necessarily. Right. <laughs> today we're sort of taking it back to our roots in some ways. Sure. And you took a sip of this and made a happy face. So It's always this is one of those beers where if I see it on tap at a restaurant, I'm going to order it because I know it's it's so solid. It's really delicious. It's always going to be good. Uh, it's refreshing, which is a lot of times uh, like on a hot day or a day where I've been working and sweating, I want a refreshing beer, which is, I'll often go with the Saison DuPont because for me, that's like, not that it tastes like lemonade, but it's like getting that cold glass of lemonade and just downing it and just being like, ah, oh, so refreshing. So. I'm, I'm coming around on that. I, I love Saison's and you know it. Uh, the brewery of Saison Rue is probably my number one favorite Saison. 
actually, yeah, there, there are a whole, whole long list of Saison. But um, Saison Dupont, the first couple times I bought it because you said, hey, pick up some bottles. <laughs> I was like, ah, oh, really? The price different. You know, it's like, oh, but this is eleven ninety nine a bottle instead of... It's grown on me a lot because, again, every time you come back to it, it's a solid beer. And I can just tell the quality now when I'm drinking it. Well, it's another one of those ones. It's been around for a while. They know what they're doing. You have to try Tired Hands. <laughs> next, time, <laughs> next time you're in town. She'll be, she'll be up for a couple weeks, actually. I mean, it's, it's as fresh as you're going to get. They brew it right there. Um, I'm lucky enough to live stumbling distance. So oh, I can have wow. more than a few. And do you have a couch? I do have a couch. Okay, awesome. I couch. actually have two couches, and they both pull out into beds. So Boom. We can make friends. Oh, yes. <laughs> and they bake their own bread. You know, they have, like, um, local meats and cheeses um, all from this area, like a lot of Lancaster County stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, their bread is fantastic. They do, like, their own pickles, and it's just really nice. Do they do a certain style of beer the best, or...? Definitely the farmhouse saisons is their their specialty. They they've done some some really good um, double IPAs. They did when this came when this Westie came out. They did a version the strongest one that that I've seen there. It's a thirteen percent that they called Ooh. Westie. Wow. And the day that I got it, I went in there and I told him, hey, you know, like guess what I just got? I'm like, oh, you just got the Westie. He's like, they're they're drooling. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we're all working. <laughs> But if you like Saison's, I would definitely venture to go. That's a really interesting. That's not something you expect people to specialize in, but that's really creative yeah. and, and bold of them. I like it. And uh, their food choices are really good. They don't really have a, like, you can't get, like, a meal there, but you can get a great salad, a sandwich, some good snacks. Um, good beer-paired food. Good cheeses like. are great. They're almost like a modern-day farm, in a sense, where if it was, like, when you think of somebody like living on a farm back in the day, they they brewed their own beer. They you know they ate made their what own they bread. Grew. They, okay. So they're they're basically getting everything that's local. They make it all there. They brew their own beer. So they're kind of like this sustainable. Not that they grow their food or anything, but they get right. it all locally. And uh, you know they pickle their own stuff, and it's it's a cool concept. That's one of my favorite things. Actually, is I call it a peasant lunch. But yeah, when you just like rip off the corner of the bread the and best. shove some cheese down the plowman's and... lunch they have that yeah. as a lunch special at the uh dandelion actually and it looks fantastic it's just like a cheese board with some pickles and cheese and bread and cured meats and and who knew i mean for them you're just taking it old school you know it's not like you have to really yeah and it's such a simple meal like everyone had meats curing in their shed and cheese was around and bread was but there's days that i'll do day. that when i'm like lazy on the couch i'm like oh what do I have laying in the fridge? And I'm also that girl who probably has, you know, bake your own bread in the freezer. So I'll bake up a loaf of bread and then say, oh, well, I've got, you know, chicken from last night and I've got some leftover cheese from this party that I had and just throw it all on a board and go sit in front of the TV. And I love it. You can't beat it. Yeah. Especially with some good mustards, like nice whole grain mustards or, oh, I love English mustard. (laughs) They do it so right. Yeah, they do. I've just started looking up recipes to make my own, actually. Because you can just get, like, the dried mustard seeds and sort of reconstitute them and add some of the flavors that you like. I've been talking a lot about trying to make our own mayo. which I think That's not be... hard, though. It's not hard. Well, I just don't use mayo on anything, so I don't know why I should make it. Because you can infuse them the same way you can anything else. So you can have, like, a 
a basil thyme mayo. Just call it an aioli. Yes. An aioli. Yeah, there you go. To do. It's an aioli. Make our own aioli. Do uh, like a roasted red pepper aioli to go over. I like that like drizzled over the quesadillas mm-hmm. depending on. Yeah. But I usually do it more sour creamy and a little less. Where I work, we have a wasabi aioli. Ooh. Yes. That we do. And like, <laughs> mm, delicious. That sounds like one of those you have to have it once a day on something kind of. Now, you've never had the La Chouffe before, have you? I have not. Okay. But this is right up my alley. <laughs> what? So you said you like you like saisons. I like saisons. How do you I feel like, about hops? <clears throat> I like hops. Um, I am not as big an IPA fan as a lot of people are these days. Uh, I like a good one. I like a well-balanced one. But I think some of them are just a little bit too over the top for my taste. And going back to you know the basic thing you know like a good solid ipa is good to me but when they get to doubles and triples a little bit too much for me i like to drink and i like it i love a good session beer that's why i like the saisons i like the pilsners but i grew up in bulgaria i was born in bulgaria so the style of beer in europe it's changing a lot more now but everything was pilsner yeah all the beers are pilsners everything is like um for the Pilsner past style, yeah. 800 years or more, it's probably it's been like the same style of beer, basically, just done very consistently. And and that's why that's why I'm so a little bit partial to them. But it's funny. Growing up here, I would go back to Bulgaria for the summer, spend my summers there, have like really great beers, like Czech-style Pilsner, uh, German-style Pilsners, and I would come back here like, oh, man, the beer here stinks. All you have is... Budweiser, Yangling, and then in the past 10 years, I'd go back there like, oh man, I wish I could like, get Oh, you have a <laughs> <Czech> <laughs> <beer>. <laughs> And it's, it's completely flipped. I kill for know? an imperial stout right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely turned around. I think the U.S. is where beer's happening. They're right kind now. of, well, and I think a lot of it is for those reasons. It's, they've been making really good, this style beer forever, and they're going to keep making that style of beer and until people start experimenting, uh, I've said before, America in the same sense that it's America because it's taken all of these people from all these different lands. We take all the ideas from all these different lands and run with them. So we get a Belgian IPA. We, you know, and, and for Americans, that's not weird. A Belgian, you know, they're starting to think about it, but they would never, you know, 20 years ago or 100 years ago, they would never be like, oh, let's throw a lot of hops in here and see what happens. Right. It's like, no, this is, that's a, not how we do this it is here. a Belgian triple. That's what it is. And then you have Allagash being like, Belgian IPAs, because we're going to take this that we like, and we're going to take this that, li- that we like, and we're going to take this, and we're going to mash it all together and see how it tastes. There's, I mean, there's room for both, you know? Absolutely. And without those initial beers, you could never have had the uh, ex- more extreme, more creative beers that are being created right now, because you always need that basis, and you need to be able to make that basis really well before you decide to experiment on it. What I really resent is that it's gone so far in that direction. There's, I feel like there's a lot of people cashing in on this oh, phenomenon now. Oh, undoubtedly. So there's all the, like I had a pumpkin beer the other day. It, again, it tasted like a Budweiser with some pumpkin spice on it. It was horrible. <laughs> and then, Like the pumpkin syrup from uh, Starbucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just so poorly done. And it's out in June or like mid-July. Like what kind of pumpkin beer is out there? But then I had the Southern Tier pumpkin um, just a couple days ago. Yeah. <laughs> just um, that one. That no, one I, does it very well. We, yes. we it talk was, about that it often. Was, it was so good, 
And have you guys ever seen this? They did. I didn't get it this way because it's good enough by itself. They they rim the glass with a like a pumpkin sugar, like uh, a cinnamon I've that cinnamon once sugar. Before I forget where. Uh, it was pretty tasty though. I have never seen that. I don't think I it's try. necessary depending on the beer. Yeah. Uh, I think I didn't. I don't even think I ordered it. I think it just came that way. And pumpkin I was like, is oh. pretty sweet on its own. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'd be down. interested in like mixing pumpkin with chocolate. Oh. Like half and half. Oh. Get, like a chocolate pumpkin. Could I do it in a martini glass though, and not yeah. a yeah, because it's gonna be so strong. I can see I, I don't love this year's pumpkin, but it's got enough vanilla and enough spice in it that I can see what, how adding that to another beer could be kind of awesome. Yeah. Yeah, the chocolate's probably, yeah, because it's dark chocolate. It's I'm not just thinking. Sweet. I remember one year for Thanksgiving, somebody made a pumpkin pie, but instead of like the usual graham cracker crust, it was like a chocolate graham cracker crust, and I was just like, oh my god, this is. Decadent, <laughs> brilliant, amazing. <laughs> that's a style that's grown on me. I, I, a few years ago, I never really even considered it. A pumpkin beer. Yeah, yeah. Ah, gimmicky. Like, but eh. I've, I've had a few I really like. Well, last Thanksgiving time, we did a podcast about pumpkin beers, and we did a little research into it. And pumpkin beers were actually brewed in America hundreds of years ago uh, because pumpkins grew here. And right. Beer in general has always been whatever grew nearby was what you threw into it. So around the harvest season, they had a ton of pumpkins, and they would mm. mash them up and throw them in their beer. <laughs> and Makes it probably sense. wasn't as spicy and as sweet as we're used to today, but it was the base of their beer was a pumpkin. So, so I just someone mentioned this. I don't know if this is true that Dogfish brewed a pumpkin beer. They they do a pumpkin beer. Yep. It's called pumpkin. Pumpkin. Right, and they apparently they thought in their own estimation they overextended a few years ago and they did too much. They dialed so it back. They, they yeah. scaled back and kind of went back to focus on the quality of it. So there's apparently a lot less of it this year, but. I'll be anxious to see what that does to demand, if only because everyone else is ramping up their pumpkin right now. I I like pumpkin beer, so usually I pick up a couple of six packs of different ones that I've never tried just to, you know. Which we really lucked out with last year with the Chiflet uh, or two years ago. It was just last year. Yeah. Um, and I also like saying to my beer store, hey, I like. X and X pumpkin, but I don't like these two. You know, what can you recommend more along that style? Um, but, you know, dogfish, once upon a time, if they dialed back their supply, I can see that they're being an intense demand. But if all of a sudden, you know, 25% well, of new breweries like decided. Too, I think. They're um, going to pick up the slack. Yeah, then all of a sudden there's a lot more in the market that maybe, you know, oh, well, dogfish isn't on the. Shelf right now, but, but this Southern is, Tier is, so I'll Chiflet give it a try. Is, and Long Trail is, and yeah. In the long term, it's it's good that they do that because in the long term they're going to produce better beer and sure. And roots. quality beers are always going to stick around, and they're going to get a reputation where it's going to say, "Oh, I've had the Long Trail." I won't say Long Trail because I haven't had it, so I don't want to speak bad about it. But I've had X beer, and it wasn't any good. You know, I had it last year, or you know, I've had it three years now, and it's never any good. But Dogfish is always good, so. We should try to get our hands on a pack this year because Cousin Max loves Dogfish Pumpkin. Right. And so if they're going to, you know, redo the formula this year, I'd be really interested to see how he felt about it. And I imagine it's hard, uh, especially with such a seasonal crop, to to use the same formula every year anyhow. Because think about, like, you know, with watermelons. If you have, it's a great year for watermelons. There's lots of rain. You know, it's just enough rain. Then you're going to get these beautiful, juicy watermelons. They're going to be perfect. 
the same's got to be true of pumpkins, though. If sure. You know, if there's just not enough growing or season, or if it's too or wet, they yeah, get really wet, mushy really, like, and moldy, and, and they, yep. You know, so just getting the quality food and on such a scale that you're gonna brew, you know, thousands at least of bottles of this stuff, probably millions. Uh, gotta be tough. I just have this great mental picture of like the dogfish brewery which i've only ever seen on television i've never been there but you know it's a huge operation and it's really cool design and all that but i'm just sort of seeing a you know like a dump truck of pumpkins show up and i'm like so is it the brewer or is it the intern who's out back like taking all the seeds out of the pumpkins definitely the interns (laughs) (laughs) yeah so going back a little bit to what you were saying about sort of the melting pot of american brewing we started watching the Ken Burns documentary on Prohibition. Right. And, okay, I sound like a little bit of a geek right now, but, you know. We are geeks. <laughs> but we're beer geeks, so it's awesome. I, I've seen it, by the way. Have you? Yes. Okay, well, I couldn't tell by your eyes if you uh, were judging me or if you were Big PBS fan, big shout out to local WHYY here in uh, <laughs> Philadelphia. We're about halfway through the first episode. We started watching it last night after our beer dinner, and we were pretty exhausted, so we didn't make it too far. But have you guys seen the National Parks one? No. no. Have you seen the old school one, Ken Burns Jazz? No. I'm a Civil War fan. I started with Ken <laughs> so Burns. So when you War, said, "Am I then... judging you now?" I saw Ken Burns Civil War and Ken Burns Baseball. They're the ones that I have seen, but Classics? I do really like him, and uh, it was just really great to see well i've learned a lot so far already even in my exhausted state about you know what america was like uh pre-prohibition because it really does start the fact that the the average american over 15 years old consumed 88 bottles of whiskey a year wow like whoa but also the different kinds of beer being brewed how many places were brewing it legally and illegally even before prohibition uh, you know, and just the styles that people were bringing with them, you know, from their home countries. Right, all the Germans were coming over, all the Irish were coming over, and they all brought their own. Imagine what we Czechs. lost. Yeah. Yes, and that, I think, that's what I'm excited to get to the end of the documentary to see, is just the difference in what's well, produced. Well, I, I do know that there were just coming back on par with the number of breweries that were pre-prohibition. And, like, in a certain sense, I think we're going to come back even stronger and better because there's so much experimentation and exciting things happening in beer, and it's not all Schlitz, Budweiser, you know. Anheuser-Busch. Right. It's not all, like, German lagers or, you know, Czech Pilsners. It's a lot of exciting stuff is happening. There's a growing boom with it. Uh, And the average consumption of alcohol is still down. Right. uh, Compared to pre Because we have more laws about public drunkenness and drunk driving and abusing spouses and all well, like, that as stuff. Well, like, as much as I drink, I'm a little, like, concerned. Like, my my friend said, maybe they were on to something, you know, because she was a, among a bunch of hard-drinking theater friends, and we were like, wow, the average American still drinks less than pre-Prohibition times. It's okay. People like, like us are making up for that's the... That's true. <laughs> I, like, I do think that we were, were on the higher end of the spectrum than right. the average American... The person still, who just drinks wine with communion is, you know, dragging down our averages. <laughs> yeah, well, you always got to weed them out. You just cut them out of the, uh, the control group. <laughs> so maybe this is the wrong crowd to ask this question to, but I, I do need your help with this because it's come up so many times in my life in perhaps the last two weeks. Since when did drinking PBR become, like, an ironic and hip thing to do? 2004. Yeah? What? Yeah. 
I mean, it's a hipster thing for sure. I love that you can go to certain music venues and they will charge you eight to eleven dollars for a can of PBR. I mean, I've read a lot about. And how... there are hipsters that will willingly purchase it when there are other beers there for the same price, like Victory and Yay! Magic Hat and Delirium. like good beers around, and they'll still they'll pay eleven dollars for a PBR. And granted, the... it's like one of those fatty cans, but still. At the Phillies games. <laughs> A Coors Light cost you $7, but a Dogfish 60 or 90 minute IPA cost you $8. Yep. Three uh, times Accolades, I haven't been to a Phillies game in probably four or five years, but the last time I went, I got standing room only tickets to a playoff game. Ooh. And so where did I end up but the bullpen? And what is right by the bullpen but the craft beer bar? Nice. Like, I love those little craft beer stands. Amazing. I was like, wait a minute. So a- I'm. I'm not only am I standing here talking to the pitchers the whole time, I got a baseball out of it, and it was eight steps from the bar. Like it was the Wait best a minute. standing. If you were talking with the pitchers, you were talking with the opposing team pitchers. I don't. I have no idea. By the end of my night out of being eight steps from the craft beer bar, I just remember going, "I have a towel and a ball." Someone. <laughs> t- no, actually, I know who it was. Um, well, I don't remember his name, but when I got to work the next day, everyone booed me because he was some guy who was just arrested for beating his wife. And they're like, of course he's the one oh. that gave you a baseball. He's trying to, you know, up his image. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, whatever. It was my first game in a long time, and he threw a ball at me. I have no problem with this. His, his, name, his, name, was <laughs> his name is Brett Myers. He was, yes, he was. He You're was right. The, he was the closer for the Philadelphia Phillies and threw the last pitch he in the 2008 World Series. Game. Okay. Yes. But yes, you did I was have at that, that game. I saw that pitch. It was beautiful. It was amazing. Thank you. Moment. You just made my story so much better, even in my own head. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. This is so much different than the last two. Well, he didn't throw the last pitch. Lidge did. You are right. He threw yeah. the last in the eighth, though, because he was the bridge to Lidge. Lidge was the closer. Yeah. yeah. You guys. He right. was the pre-closer. But he did a great job that year, despite beating his wife. Or did maybe a little because bit of, of water too. <laughs> Try to cleanse my palate since it tasted so different. Yeah, very different. Sharper, tangier. Yeah, also clearer. I mean, the first one was definitely the darkest, and then the next one was unfiltered. But it looks like I keep looking at. I find this glass. one to be very uh, champagne in its effervescence. My favorite oh, word nice. ever. There's certain beers that I'll like take a sip of, and it almost tastes like you're just you have like a mouthful of bubbles. It's the best kind of essence. <laughs> <laughs> what about evanescence? Got a awesome. band from back in the day. Oh yeah, Jason's got a Pandora station of Evanescence. Excellent. It's pretty great. Uh, but this is one of those beers where it has, you know, some decent head on it when you pour it. But even when that's gone, you take a sip and it's, I, I, I compare it to champagne because I often find that this is a case with champagne where it's not like a sip of liquid; it's a sip of bubbles. I'm wondering half if that's why they have the, the completely opa- uh, opaque bottle oh. because it's more subject to skunking if it's you know so light and this way you know it gets to keep its freshness without any worry of that it also looks real sharp yeah i haven't had this one in a while i like it there's just something about the pink elephant on the wall that always makes me excited when i'm in a bar especially because sometimes they have bottles behind the bar even at some like divey bars but if you see the pink elephant it's like oh man there's hope like i don't have to drink it's uh right to the left of the bar at monks uh and it was I think it's called the best beer in the world, and I'm sure it was rated that once upon a time. But they're clinging to the title? Um, well, you know. I would. Yeah. You still see that at restaurants where it's like, 
you know, Zagat says best burger ever. 1998. Yeah, 98. <laughs> <laughs> Which doesn't mean that it's a bad burger. It just means people have experimented further, even if they're using like the exact same recipe. You know, it's it's still probably a really good burger. But can I? I know you're a steak connoisseur and a burger connoisseur. Uh, I definitely just saw on diners, drive-ins, and dives. They they stuff burgers with a lot of things. Yeah. But I just I've seen them stuffed with bone marrow, and I just saw one stuffed with butter, and I'm like, we can do that, and it would taste so good. But I just I don't even know that stuffing it with butter is worthwhile. I couldn't figure out what kind of ground beef you you know do you use eighty twenty if you're gonna add that much fat to it? I I also think there's a fine line between uh, what's the restaurant they were talking about last night? Um, do you mean uh, at the beer dinner they were they were referencing a. Uh, a restaurant that's known for having like heart attack burgers. Oh, uh, Heart Attack Grill. Heart Attack Grill. Yeah. Uh, and so like I think it's great to have a burger that's really delicious and put bacon on it and mushroom and cheese. But when you're going out of your way to make it unhealthy, yes, it usually tastes better because I'm sure a burger stuffed with butter tastes delicious. <laughs> it's gimmicky. But it's, it's really gimmicky to a certain sense. Now, if you're going to stuff a burger with chorizo... That sounds kind of cool to me. I love blue cheese. I like when they put cheese in the burger because I feel like then you almost like get it in every bite more so than when it's just a thin layer on the top. Sure. I don't know. Yeah, stuff it with cheese. That's fine. But right. like, throw butter in it or it'll be like, hey, we put steak in the middle of your burger. It's like, I don't know that I need that. <laughs> Should have come to my party. My burgers were really good. <laughs> Veal, pork, and beef. Nice. Oh, All mixed yes. together or separate? All mixed together. Sorry, we've got, it's now that football's starting up, we've got sliders on the brain all the time. So, you know, veal, pork, and beef could be a trio of sliders as far as we're concerned. It's opening Sunday football season right now. Yeah. Yep. I only know that because of my Facebook feed. You know, all of my friends have, like, pictures of their socks or <laughs> whatever their... Team affiliation. Yes. Clothing line is. Yes. Oh, well. And we started talking about football. That was the longest pause of that. (laughs) (laughs) So, football. Back to beer. I wanted to mention something. Um, The PBR became like a a hip thing. But there's a time and place for everything. You know, there's like, there's times when I'll just go to a party. There's PBR. Like, hell yeah. I'll get down with some PBR. Start The last time I had PBR was at Bob and Barbara's. Hey, it's a shrine to the the They do, what is it, five bucks for a PBR? Two PBRs and a shot of gym or something like that? It's it's a city special. Yeah. No, it's not. Bob and Barbara's is a place. I mean, it sounded like your neighbors. Bob and Barbara's is the epitome of a dive bar in Center City. But they've like, they have, they have turned it into something special. They have... Drag queen nights. They have like There's live this? bands there. They have all sorts of crazy stuff. Is it just Bob and Barbara's, or is it like Bob and Barbara's something? Bob and Barbara's Good Time Bar, something like that. Yeah, it's, it's something like that. Uh, and they have this this special where it's I don't know five eight dollars or something like that. And no, you get like four two dollars. beers. Four dollars. It's a PBR pounder and a shot of uh, something from a plastic bottle. Very bad whiskey. whiskey. My stomach just flip flopped when you yeah. said that. That used to be three dollars. Used to be three dollars, but in this economy, I guess. <laughs> well, but, PBRs are really—they're uh, a hot commodity. Yeah, I was going to say, or the price of plastic went up. What but if like the place is a museum of PBR ads and 
they like pay- back back when PBR actually won that blue ribbon. Uh, apparently, was that like 1872 or something? <laughs> apparently, they have some stuff that's worth a lot of money. It's only I believe it. Like 30 percent of what they have is actually displayed. I mean, it's they've got tons of PBR stuff. They got it. They're like it a away PBR so drunk museum. Don't that, steal uh, it. <laughs> not the most. Uh, and some of the ad campaigns that they've run are not the most politically correct. <laughs> put it put it lightly. <laughs> but if you've awesome. never been, Drag Queen Night Thursdays are a great time. Ian there, can't go in there with that hair. Are you it's, kidding? Why not? <laughs> oh, it's it's great. I've been in for Drag Queen Night. It was. It's uh, a party. It's a it's an education. Wow. Not in like I almost brought home a drag queen, but like, <laughs> it's a party. It's just it's kind of a good time. The jazz band that they or the the jazz band that they got playing there have been playing there for forever, half a century. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. They're great. So they're from like the age of jazz when jazz was actually like all the rage on vinyl. <laughs> they they sure do look it, but it's such it's it's such a hipster bar. I've got Common's, a big, Common's a big jazz fan. I've got a friend that's a, uh, a total yeah, I say this with love, a total hipster. He's a uh, center city bike courier, bike messenger, so he fits, you know, he fits the bill. And that's Does he have like tattoos and he doesn't have tattoos. He doesn't have tattoos, but he's just total free spirit. Lived out in San Fran, lived out in San Diego. Rides a fixie, which is a fixed gear bicycle. That, I know those. Yeah, they're kind of hard to ride. They are hard to ride, and it's a self-imposed torture for no reason other than it's a mark of your Hip dedication to, to the culture. Yeah. So they go in there. They get out. At you know three four o'clock in the afternoon, all the bike couriers go to Bob and Barbara's and just get, you know, obliterated every night, and then just get up the next day at six and sweat it all away and just. I was gonna say because they burn so many calories yeah. that they probably can do that. That's well, and they probably get drunk real quick too because they're just biking all day. They're like having and they don't make bars. a lot of money, so four dollars. Right, so they gotta be cheap. Yeah, shot of, <clears throat> shot of whiskey and so, a beer. Shot of something moonshine. Multiplied basically. by three or four will get you pretty, pretty good. So yeah, there's twenty bucks. So there's a there's a space for PBR, and I still love them. I think I've only had it once, and it was, I don't. It was actually the third of July, probably four or five years ago. I convinced Jason to come with me. I was going uh, country line dancing with one of my very dear friends, and he just sat awkwardly in the bar while her and I danced, and there was like nobody else there because it was the third of July, and apparently people went other places. And probably also because you were country line dancing. But it was like the only thing on special. And it was as I was really not a beer lover at all. And I was, if nothing else, always very cheap. So I looked at the menu and I was like, well, if the only thing on special is PBR, I guess I'm drinking PBR. It's not a great beer. And I'll put this one in there as well. There's a few beers that I won't drink. You know, Miller High Life is, I think, a great beer under the circumstances. But it has to be in that bottle. Because that bottle... Like the banquet beer? Yeah. The, like the original? The, no, it's 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 the champagne of beers. The champagne yes. of beers. Yeah. Banquet Sorry. beer is Coors, I think. Is it? Original oh, Coors, yeah. Yeah, you might be right. Miller Hollip but is nobody this, drinks original is, Coors anymore. No one goes and orders a Coors. Yeah. They always order well, a I Coors had a Coors. Light. I was when I was in Denver, everyone was like Coors Light, Coors Light, Coors Light, and I was like I love a Coors. I was like I got to get a regular Coors, I think. <laughs> oh. Music stops. And pretty much. And like everyone looked at me and I like punched myself cuz I was just like because you're in Denver and you're drinking Coors. Yeah. But we were at like a real divey bar. Denver is a great beer city. I it's shamed him for city. weeks after that. I went to Allagash after that and tried 20 craft no, beers of them I've never Allagash had. Allagash is in Maine. I went to Avery after that. <laughs> I've been there. Avery's great. Avery is phenomenal. Oh, 
Jason's going to Colorado. I told him he better rent a car just so he can go to Avery. Or go to Great Divide. It's like, is he going to Colorado? Where, where in Colorado? Denver? Denver. Denver, like, there's three breweries in the city. He's got to go. Great Divide's in the city. Awesome. And there's Denver the, Beer Company. The way that they do their happy hours is twice a day. It's like three to six happy hour and then, you know, like... The late Eight to happy eleven hour. happy hour. There's just always a. Happy so in other hour. words, if you're not drinking with dinner, you're going to benefit from one of the happy hours. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's a great pretty awesome. City. Not to mention, it's a great food city. Mm-hmm. I had a great time there. I wish I'd stayed longer. Me too. You said the same about Savannah. You said the same about Charleston. I didn't go to Charleston. Why does everyone think I went to Charleston? Because you were supposed to stop there on your way back for a day. Yeah, but I didn't. Oh. <laughs> Pish posh. Whatever. All right. Well, this was a good time. Which one was your favorite? Well, clearly. Westy? Yeah. <laughs> Just checking. I mean, these other two are great beers. And uh, as Common says, every every beer has its time and place, or almost every beer. Uh, but just for the, the novelty of trying something new and spectacular, uh, we'll always beat the old standby, I guess. And for the record, we are going to do a little bit of research and find out about that roof, because it's too cool not to. Yeah. And, you know, if they're actually building it right now or something, we'll have to put some pictures on photos. our Facebook page. I'm imagining monks building the roof, though. Yeah, can, I am Can too. we sabotage their, you know, like, exterior wall or something? Yeah, just have to do it again. Get more beer? <laughs> I can see you sneaking in at night with, like, a hammer and a chisel and <laughs> yes. trying to take do down the back Do monks get wall. greedy? Because, like, if they made, like, you know, a billion dollars off that one shipment and they want to do it again, like, wouldn't it be great to have another billion, guys? We're going to taste... Test their faith, that's for sure. I'm pretty sure the whole idea of monks is not the pretty sure well, they, the whole idea of America is to test your... Uh... You know, they, they release just enough to pay for the roof, and they price it just enough to pay for the roof. Wow. Yeah. Jerks. Because it was a business decision. It wasn't... Well, maybe they need decision. a new chimney. <laughs> you would. Common, thank you so much for coming. Oh, thank you guys. It was, was it's great. awesome to meet you, and uh, wow, this, under such amazing circumstances is even an extra bonus so yeah quite a treat uh come over anytime even without beer and uh hopefully we'll always have some cheese for entertaining uh, i'm not gonna come over without beer if you guys don't have beer <laughs> i'm not coming no i meant you we don't always need to have bring beer. beer you don't yeah. need to always bring it though ah also we have a date for tired hands last yes. i checked yeah. so that's pretty great um tune in folks because they've both been and i haven't so yeah, we'll talk about that we'll next time. We'll see how far maybe, I have to stumble. Maybe we could do a late night tired hands slash post podcast. That Sold. would be amazing. <laughs> Can we also sell subtitles in case we are sleepy yes. and drunk? One of us will type them up. <laughs> I, I will be we'll speaking s- in cursive. A transcript. <laughs> speaking in cursive. I like that. I like that a lot. All right, you can always follow me on Twitter. I am at Beer Mistress. I am at Dashing underscore Rogue. Common, are you on Twitter? I am not, but I will be soon. Oh, nice. I like that plan. Tune in. Yeah, let us know. <laughs> uh, Facebook.com slash Dashing Rogue. And within the next few days, some uh, best beer for your buck on BeerMistress.com. Until next time, this is Shannon, your beer mistress. The professor. And common. Adios. <laughs> nice. Thanks so much for joining us. <laughs>